reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen and celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars, dial 2 for streaming stars, dial 3 for TV stars, dial 4 for music stars or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hi, I'm Washington Ginsburg and um, I'm on the Entertainment Hotline today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entertainment Hotline. I am your host and head of entertainment at Media Week and Chatter, Anita Annabelle. Network 10's resident rose wrangler and celebrity unmasker, Osher Ginsberg, has been nominated for a TV Week Gold Logie. He is one of Australia's most recognisable media personalities, having been a guest in the living rooms of Australians for over 20 years. From hosting seven seasons of Australian Idol in the early 2000s, Osha is now the host of the Bachelor Australia franchise and the Masked Singer Australia on Network 10. In this episode, I spoke to the Gold Logie nominee about his career, what it means to be nominated, how he believes he will age out of television, and why he started a brand new production company. On a personal note, I also had a very honest chat with him about journalism and how one interview question can taint an entire story. Osher Ginsberg is nominated for a Gold Logie at the TV Week Logie Awards, which will be held on Sunday, July 30. Here's Osher Ginsberg. Hello. 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 <laughs> I got you now. You look great, Osher. Oh, uh, thanks. My goodness, your hair and everything. It just looks, because the last time I saw you was at, um, I don't know if you remember this, I was at um, Last King of the Cross and I was oh, yeah. Scott Tweedy. That's me. Hi. Yes. Hi. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we finally are. Yeah. I don't think I was on crutches by that point. You were. Uh, you no, were, I was off crutches you by were then, off but crutches. only just, just off crutches. You were, And you were on crutches at the Media Week 100. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. That was like, that was really, that was extraordinary, um, that award, because it really, when I looked at who else was there um, and I looked at what, you know, when I think about what your um, criteria were and who was in the room, that, that, that was a really powerful, powerful moment for me to understand that because, I you know, knowing what Media Week's about and knowing who, was there in the room and w- what the purposes of that was for. Um, it was a, a, a huge moment of recognition and acknowledgement of the work that I've done to build that, you know, to build what I am doing to where it is. And um, I was really, really grateful for it. It was huge. Osha, that is so lovely. We were honoured to give it to you, even though I wasn't working there at the time. But... <laughs> And that actually is so wonderful because obviously we're here to talk about the Gold Logie nomination. Yeah. It's just all, everything just coming at you after 25 years, 25 years that you've built this career. That is a long, long time. Well, I've, I've actually started in, I started in radio when I was 20. So in 1994, I started in radio um, and I was, a, I was a roadie before that. Um, so I've, I've been in the music industry since I was 17. Um, Who were you a roadie for? Yeah. So long time. Oh, shitty cover bands before DJs, you know, before DJs, there was cover yeah. bands, right? Um, 
And and that's what you have five forty five minute sets a night. That's what you did. That's what is in Queensland, in Brisbane at least. Like that's what it was. Um, yeah, it, it's it's incredible, you know. Um, to think about it, because uh, in my game, you know, I've been on air on radio since I was twenty years old. I've been on air on television since I was twenty five, and in my particular role, like what's, where's the ascension there? You know, um, you might start as a, I don't know, as a junior editor, as a, like a, just a somewhere, just like submitting a cadet somewhere. And then you start being a sub editor and then eventually you might edit a section. And then eventually you might, you know, one day a week, you might, you know, work on, and then eventually like maybe after 20 years, you become the editor of a, of a, a news outlet. Yeah. Right? So there's a path. But in my gig, it's like, you're on camera. Huh? So what happens next? What do you do after that? And that is, you know, and which is why the Media Week Award was so important was, you know, there was a period, my career is divided into two real clear parts um, before I got sober and after I got sober <laughs> and how I had allowed, I had just tried to go off of the, just the sheer power of what it is that I was doing um, when the mic or the camera was on as a way to carry me forward. Um, but everything else that surrounded that, I was not doing properly or not doing well or doing to my own detriment more often than not, shooting myself in the foot to the point where it didn't matter what I was doing on the mic or on camera. It, it, you know, I, I was, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean enough to the people who were making the decisions about who was going to be on a TV show, who was going to be on radio. Um, and then there was a moment where it all ended. And then I was like, well, well I, you know, I clearly, I needed to stop drinking and using. And, um, you know, I had to have a long, hard look at myself in the magical maze of mirrors and stare deeply into my own soul. And then beyond that, past my ego to actually look at what was really going on. And then, go, okay, well, where does I want to go and what do I need to do? And then bit by bit, day by day, changing the way that I went about my life and my career and understanding what it is that I want to build. And so quite early in that is I started the podcast. Uh, so I've been podcasting for 10 years now. I was late, you know, um, and that is a part of underscoring everything else that I do, you know, uh, and and building 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 like i i've chosen this job that i'm gonna age out of you know <laughs> this is it you know and I, I i speak about this a bit you know that my favorite movie quote used to be you're gonna need a bigger boat um because it was funny uh but my mo favorite movie quote is this is michael corleone he's speaking in godfather part two michael corleone is speaking with hyman roth and hyman roth says to him but i never complained because it was business and this is the business we have chosen this is the business i have chosen i chose a job where i am going to eventually age out of being on air you know so how do i i'm going to be 70 when um my son my youngest son is still in what am i now like I'll, I'll, when Wolfie finishes high school, how old will I be? I can't even do the maths anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I'll be in my late sixties. I'll be in my late sixties when Wolfie finishes high school. All right, and you know, I, I, 
I, I need to create 20 years more work. All right. Easy. Uh, so that is kind of really the mission I've been on since before Wolf was born. But, you know, when Georgia came into my life, uh, my, my stepdaughter, I was, uh, 41. And I realized very, oh my gosh, I'm, I've got to get, I've got to build something. I've got to build something that's mine because I need to make sure that this kid's going to be okay and has every opportunity that she needs to have or wants to have. And at that point, I became acutely aware that my whole career, I had only, bear in mind, I was getting paid nicely, but I was only getting paid for being there. And the times in my life when I had, you know, they had gone in a different direction, I was not getting paid. <laughs> and so what, what can I do to insulate myself from, uh, you know, some, it might be for some the most terrifying time to be in broadcasting. It's also the most exciting time to be in broadcasting. And I choose to look at it in the latter. And so I am just fundamentally focused on creating, um, and building, uh, you know, essentially, you know, I, I want to, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, trying to build something that, that's, uh, you know, in alignment with, the kind of work that I already do and, and beyond that, I've always loved developing and working with people who are developing talent. And, um, you know, and this is, this is in large part why that, you know, I've, I've just recently started a, a, a production company with, um, Ben Richardson, who, uh, formerly was my boss at Channel V. He was my EP at Channel V. We were in New York on September 11 together. Um, we, you know, he then, I think when his daughter was six months old, I think. His oldest daughter, she's now in uni, but when she was six months old, he moved to Nick, he moved to India to launch Nickelodeon. And then he moved to Seoul. He went to Korea to run MTV. And then he ended up, you know, being a, a you know, a big wig at MTV and then entire Viacom for, you know, South Korea and Japan and then ran Viacom Australia, New Zealand for years. And he and I were talking a couple months back and I said, I'm trying to build this podcasting and I'm trying to build everything off air. Uh, I'm, I this, but I, you know, I, I need someone else to, to do it with. He said, and he was at a point in his career where he's like, yeah, I want to build something too. And so we're off and it's great. Um, and it's really exciting. And, um, we've got a couple of things that we're building and developing and, and, and this is all, you know, but this is all part of it. This is all part of, uh, of what it is that I, you know, I'm trying to, trying to achieve here, which is this is the only thing I've ever been able to do. All right. Anita, I don't know how to do anything else. So, um, how can I, how can I scale what it is that I'm doing and how can I, uh, be sure that whatever happens in my business that I'm in and that we're all in, how can I be the most ready for it? And, and I think that is, you know, that is what I am, what I'm trying to, trying to do. And this, honestly, this Logie, this is a, it's extraordinary, you know, it's extraordinary because the same people who, ah, oh, look, I know you want to come and host that show, but look, the network's going in a different direction. Those same people have also now gone, no, you deserve to be in this same category as these people. Um, two of which I can legitimately compare myself to because they're both male and they both do my job, which is Hamish Blake and Sean McAuliffe. Two people who are the greatest to have ever done it ever in the history of my country. Two heroes that I watch and I go, how can you be so good and funny? How can you do that? That is next, that is impossible. It's inhuman. How can you do that? And 
that I'm standing there in a photo with these guys going, this is amazing. And it's, it's wild because it's a testament to the, the work that I literally do every day to be sure that I'm physically healthy, mentally healthy and, 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 and enrolling, you know, others, namely number one, my wife and, you know, others around me in where, what it is I'm trying to do and trying to be as, as authentic as I possibly can be where, where possible. And it's, it's unbelievable. And look, I can't control what happens. You know, it's a publicly voted award. I can't control the outcome. All I can do is my very best at, you know, this day, this moment, this is all we have. We don't have tomorrow. Neither of us, nobody has tomorrow. We only have right now. And that's it. Most of that is spent wrestling my ego to the ground, which is constantly trying to write acceptance speeches in my head. You have said just so many, so many incredible things just then. I think the first thing that I wanted to touch on was the fact that you think you're going to age out of this career. But I, but for me, I mean, how I just can't see that happening. I think I, I know that you think that, but it's, it's, you think of people like Bert Newton who, had a long, long, long career like that was yeah. in television who ended up creating his own show, who ended up doing all of that. Do you mean doing things like The Bachelor or The Masked Singer that you'll age out of? Um, the thing is with, with, so when you speak about someone like Bert Newton, essentially his entire career took place. The, I think the only disruption that showed up was VHS recorders and then maybe cable. Yeah, right. Across the real bulk, the meaty kind of main effectiveness of that's the only technological disruption that his career dealt with. I started TV in four by three with no internet, really. Dial up. The internet made a noise. And and we would do shoots. Like I did a shot last night in Melbourne. We were doing some shooting in Melbourne, and I was saying to the crew around me, like, when I started, we could not technologically could not have done this. It would have been a quarter of a million bucks because we would have needed, we were walking down alleyways and I had people holding lights and, you know, things like this, like huge amounts of, you know, photons coming out of me to light me in these dark alleyways in a beautiful black suit. But um, that would have taken a generator parked around the corner, lights on tracks, a gigantic steady cam. You know, we were to lock down the street because it would have been dangerous. Like the technological disruption alone in how we make television mm. is bonkers, all right? Let alone the disruption of widely available mobile broadband where people can literally watch any content, any time of day from anywhere in the world. And people like you mentioned, like Bert Newton never had to compete with all of Game of Thrones, you know, which you could sit on your couch and decide to watch instead of Good Morning Australia. Um, but th that is what our business is now. And that is only going to get more. And when I say I'm going to age out, like I'll be, I'm doing my best to try to keep up with, um, because more people are watching more stuff than ever before. It's not like mm. eyeballs have stopped watching. Um, it's how can I just be sure that I, I might age out of the kind of television that I'm making and the kind of television that I'm making um, at the moment. Um, look, who's to know? Who's to know what new format shows up? You know, I don't know. None of us know. Um, but 
it, it, I, I think it's important to understand that, uh, like, I'm always going to work. I'm never going to not work because if I don't work, I'm a punish to be around. So don't worry. I'm always going to work. But I just don't think that the job that I have now will look anything like it does now in not even five years, not even 10. But that's awesome. And that's super exciting. And this is why I'm building this thing with Ben because like, yeah, what can we, what can we, toys can we play with? What can we make here? You know? The thing with technology, it's creating more and more opportunities. It's, it's almost like on the flip side of that, it's like creating incredible opportunities that, and a lot of people are able to now create content and able to do that as well. But also I think one thing that I really have to say to you is that I do not think that you are, I think you underestimate the value that you have in this industry. And I'm actually going to tell you a story. Yeah. About four or five years ago, I did my first ever phoner with you. Oh, really? And I was asked by my editor to ask you a question. And I asked you the question and it was about if you wanted any more kids. Yeah. And you were extremely unhappy with me. And I have never forgotten it because it has changed the way that I have interviewed ever since. How was I unhappy with you? Because, and rightly so, you actually said to me, that's none of your business. Yeah. And can I tell you, I have never, ever, ever (laughs) asked a question (laughs) like that ever again. And I have, I make it my moral duty to always make sure my interviewee is very comfortable. I just don't think you understand the impact that you have on people. And I'm not just saying me, that's a journalist thing, you know, but then there's the mental health, then there's what you do to entertain. I mean, you are up there with Sean McAuliffe and Hamish Blake, in my opinion. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. It's very nice of you to say, Anita. And look, I hope I wasn't rude to you. I hope I was able to just draw a boundary at least. And look, there's ways to ask that question and there's always ways to ask those kind of questions. Yeah, I find that if you're in the if you're in the game of, um, you know, trying to get that sensationalist headline or if you're trying to get that grab that you can print in mega font, um, you know, above a photo that is out of date, one fun thing about changing my hair so much is that people who know know that the journalists are lazy. Um, I think you know it's 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 important to un- understand that that is a very short fuse. It, it burns bright, but it's a birthday sparkle. Like, yeah, you can do it, and yeah, people will listen or watch. But what does it do for who you are in your heart? When you go to bed at night, what does it do for the next time you call up that network or person? Certainly, if there's someone who's going to be there for a while, um, it's all relationships. It's all relationships. And yeah, I understand that it's, people are curious about a question like that. And that makes sense. Um, perhaps on the day I didn't really feel like talking about it. Maybe you were the fourth person in a row to ask me that on that day. Um, but I think to, to say to that, what I would say to that is that that kind of personal, you know, uh, investigation can be done, but it, 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 if it feels, you know, pushy or nosy to say, think about what it's going to sound like or read, it's going to feel intrusive. And it's, it's, it feels then a bit dominant and weird to read or to engage with as well. 
Like ultimately, what you're making is tainted with that. And that's your name on the byline. You were so pivotal in that part of my career. Well, I'm, I'm, glad, it, I'm, I'm glad it helped you. I'm glad it helped you. Because it makes you, it makes you work, ultimately, it makes you work harder and it makes you ask better questions and you get better answers anyway. But also, I think the thing that I've learned is that before I just let you speak and you just gave me the most profound information without even, I didn't even have to ask you a single question. You just yeah. kind of just went, dove right in. And I think that's, that's so important because ultimately this story is about you. You know, as an interviewer, you would keep me on track. If I wanted to start talking about the footy, you'd probably help me. I mean, let's yeah. talk about the footy if you want. But <laughs> well, look, you know, depends. I'm in Melbourne right now, so there's a lot of there's, what there's, there's, going there's too many too many goalposts and a lot of players, uh, and the ball goes forward. Uh, <laughs> hey, that could be the next thing that you age into. Oh, don't worry, no, no, don't you worry. There's like sports on the. Like, because sports on the right. Oh, I love that. That's yeah, exciting. So so, yeah. But, th- but this is the thing, you know, we live in this really interesting time of, I think, you know, when you're, and I've been, like I said, I've been making podcasts for 10 years now. And even the TV we make, whether it be The Bachelor or Masked Singer at the moment, um, you're literally competing with the best that have ever done it with budgets that dwarf yours. Like, you're up against the foundation you know, season on Apple TV, you know, mm. with like I think it's like 20 million an hour or something. It's fucking crazy. Right? Ooh, I can't compete with that. No one can compete with that. The only way to compete in our country is to be as authentic as you can be, speaking from a truly Australian perspective and only doing the thing that you can do as best you can. And that is going to have to be it. Because people will come and find that. If it's authentic and it's uh, uh, relatable, that'll work, all right? But I, I, I can't compete with, you know, what am I watching at the moment? I'm watching, um, it's glacial. It's driving me nuts how slow it is. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've gone back and I've started watching the, the Killing, which is a Danish. It's from like early 2000s, about 20 years I've old. seen that. I know what you're talking about. Danish TV is amazing, oh, by the oh, way. I love, my, I, love, I love some Scandi Noir, mate. <laughs> oh, my God. God, but it amazing. goes so, and but here's the thing: when I watch and the, and Scandi Noir, Scandi Noirs, particularly the bridge was the one that changed me, because I'm like, this is shot in two languages, um, in two separate countries that look nothing like mine, but it's a story that can only be told there, and it's a story that can only be, and the cultural values that frame the story are so unique to that place. They're not using any American or British kind of colonial kind of Protestant you know, waspy values that, that mm. well, maybe they're part of Protestant-ish, I guess, you know, when you think about the history of the countries, um, they, you know, there's those values there, the Christian values and all that kind of thing that underspit, underspit, uh, underpin their, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, legal system and also the, the very, uh, socialist nature of both of those places. Um, socialism is not a bad thing in, in, it depends on how you look at it. Um, that told me is like, ah, this is made on no budget. But it's a freaking great story that can only be told here. And that is why it is one of the best series ever made, ever. Like, have you seen Gomorrah on SBS? Yeah, of course. I've yes, I have. All five seasons. That <laughs> is the greatest scripted drama ever, ever made. It, it will beat down The Wire. It'll beat down West Wing, anything. It is so good. It is so good because it can only be told in Naples. 
and it can only be told in Italy, and it can only be told in that setting, in that cultural value. And when you look at something like that, we in Australia can do that, whether it be scripted, non-scripted, reality, documentary, whatever. We have 60,000 years of stories to tell, all right? Mm. We have so much to offer, okay? And if, if we lean into that, and those uniquely Australian stories that are relatable and deal with you know, internationally relatable values, family, safety, love, nurturing, nourishment, care, um, joy, we'll be fine. And that is also, you know, that for me is, is why, you know, something like podcasting and being authentic when I'm on my podcast and, and trying to bring the output that I'm making more towards that kind of thing. Um, because when I was on Channel V, I was me. I was a kid that loved music, talking to other kids that loved music and talking to the bands that made that music. And I got to be me every day. And that was awesome. All right. But that's not the job on a show like Bachelor or a show like Mars Singer. That's not the job. And that's fine. Um, but trying to do more things in alignment with, you know, who I am authentically, I have found to be, um, uh, to, you know, it's people really resonate with it. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. Does that mean that you might go into scripted stuff? Oh, I'm developing quite a bit, actually. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh, my God. This is amazing. I actually remember when I yeah. met you at the last King, when I saw you at the last King of the Cross, and we were talking about your stage play, your stage one man show. And I was just blown away that you even had the courage to get up and do that. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. But yeah, I've, you know, recently I've done another one. I've done a, um, I've got a news show, um, uh, that we did. We did it at the, uh, we did it at the factory theater in Sydney. Then we did it at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I think it. it was that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. one. So that's, it was that one. So yeah, that's, that's, because... N, that's NTNN It's a real stories, yes. fake news. It's a, <laughs> it's a real fake news show. It's comedy. And so we did it in Sydney at the Factory Theatre. We did it at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. We did it at the Sydney Comedy Festival, Newcastle Comedy Festival. And, um, you know, but I, it was basically, I was developing a TV format in front of a live audience, testing it. And I think we all, we did like 25, 30 shows all up uh, across the runs. And I edited, got the, you know, the whole thing edited and I, you know, hold the thing. And then now we're going to pilot, we're piloting that, um, which is brilliant. And amazing. this is, the, but this is the thing that I've found is that every big break in my career has happened because I have created something on spec. I'm currently on, I've, I have a 24 hour a day, seven day week radio station with my friend Yumi right now on DAB. It's the best. It's the best. That came out of a podcast because I wanted to talk about music again. I miss talk, like I told you, I miss being authentically speaking about music. I miss that. And so I call up Yumi and say, Hey, do you want to do this? I've got this format idea. And so we put something together and I got my friend Daryl Mister to put it to get to, to, to make it for us. And we, we got it out there and, you know, put it around some radio networks. And, um, uh, one of them said, Hey, you know, we love hearing you together again. Maybe not that, but we've got this idea. And then. And now we've got this thing. So work makes work and it always has, you know, doing stuff on spec is the only reason I've ever had a break in my career. And, and, you know, that's, that's, it, that's never not going to be that. It's always that. And yeah. that's a part of my day. A part of my day is doing stuff for free that I, I think is a good idea. And then I'll go and test it and see if it is. And if people kind of like it, then I'll keep going. Uh, if not, eh, put it in a folder, start the next one. And that is how 
you know, I never used to be like that. And this is the, this is the, the, this is the work I'm doing. What's one piece of advice that you have for your teenage self, knowing what you know now? There's not just one, but I would, I would start with, like, mate, just learn how to downregulate and go and, you know, just don't drink. Don't drink. Some people can get away with it. You can't. And, uh, you know, alcohol is a very, very addictive and dangerous drug. And it's fine for some people, but not you, pal. Uh, Self-medication is not the answer. Actual medication is go get some. Uh, I would also tell that young man uh, some really, two really powerful things that my former manager from Los Angeles had is an unbelievable, like legend of the game. He's passed away, unfortunately, legendary man by the name of John Ferreter. He said to me two things, which just blew me away. He said, only you know how hard you've worked to make your dreams come true. So I'm a punish on myself, right? I might not get the job. I might not get the gig. And I'll say to you, oh, I didn't get the gig. You go, oh, that's fine. But I'm the one that lies in bed at night going, yeah, I didn't really prep enough or I didn't, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't do everything I could. So only you know. And the other one he says is, unless you host, the, unless you're the anchor for the six o'clock news, one day your show is going to get cancelled. So you better figure out what you're going to do after that and have it ready to go. And um, and since John told me that, like I've just been like development. That's it. That's what I tell him. And don't drink. And and by the way, don't drink. This has been quite special, I have to say. Thank you so much for for taking the time to have a chat with me. You're welcome. Thanks for the support. Anytime, anytime. And congratulations on the Gold Logie nomination. Ooh, did I just predict something then by saying Gold Logie? Uh, look, I, I'm, I, I, will, I will sit there with my fucking veggie stack in front of me because they won't feed me well and I will clap for whoever gets on stage. Well, you know, he's hoping it's you and I will see you on the red carpet actually. Oh, uh, we'll see you there. Nice to chat to you. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the Entertainment underscore Hotline Pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast. <laughs>